Washington. South Sudan in focus on the Voice of America. I'm John Tanza in Washington working on this program very much. Here are some of the top stories making news across South Sudan this Friday, September 16, 2022. South Sudan's Ministry of Petroleum commissions companies to carry out environmental audit in northern part of the country where oil companies operated with impunity. The companies, are they here? I hope they are all getting me. They must be busy. Because a lot of envelopes will fly, but if we have evidence tomorrow, your name will be here internationally all over the world. And the World Food Program is calling on armed groups operating in Upper Nile State to give access to aid workers. Several attempts to negotiate access to rich communities facing emergency and catastrophic levels of food insecurity have failed. We'll have these stories and more coming up on South Sudan in Focus. The UN Food Agency in South Sudan says renewed violence in Upper Nile and Jungle states is affecting delivery of food and other humanitarian assistance to thousands of families displaced in the areas. World Food Program's acting director for South Sudan says aid agencies depend on river transport to reach remote communities during the rainy season. Dengai Deng has details for VOA from Juba. The World Food Program in South Sudan says it is unable to deliver humanitarian assistance to some parts of Upper Nile and Jongle states due to an ongoing fighting among factions of an armed group. World Food Program's acting country director for South Sudan, Adeyinka Badejo, says it is difficult to reach communities trapped in the areas affected by the recent violence in Upper Nile state. WFP has been forced to suspend its barge movements between Adok and Malakal as the waterways have become inaccessible. Several attempts to negotiate access to rich communities facing emergency and catastrophic levels of food insecurity have failed. Badejo says WAP's river convoy carrying 1,151 metric tons of food meant for communities in Pangak, Piji, and Panyikang County was forced to turn back last week after clashes between conflicting parties resumed. The affected counties of Pangak, Kadalpiji, and Panyikang have already some of the highest instances of food insecurity in the country. In Fangak and Canal PG counties, 55 to 60 percent of the population are expected to be in emergency or famine-like conditions by now. The cost of inaction will be severe with the very real possibility of famine if we cannot access these communities immediately. She says that all parties to the conflict should respect international humanitarian law and allow access to aid agencies to save lives. The cost of inaction will be severe with the very real possibility of famine if we cannot access these communities immediately. It is completely unacceptable that we have WFP convoys carrying food assistance that can save lives but are simply unable to get through. 
All parties to the conflict need to respect international humanitarian law and allow safe passage of WFP and other humanitarian cargo. Superior to this latest outbreak of conflict, Badejo says there had been sustained efforts to build food security and resilience for people in Pangak, Piji, and Penyikan counties. She says WFP supported the construction of 16 kilometers of dikes around both Old and New Pangak, protecting communities from the floodwaters. According to the most recent 2022 Integrated Pace Classification or IPC analysis, South Sudan's overall food security security is deteriorating and malnutrition levels are rising with 7.74 million people at risk of severe acute hunger. For VOA News, I am Deng Guiding, reporting from Juba. South Sudan has commissioned an environmental audit of its oil sector after years of several calls by researchers and rights activists who accuse oil companies of causing pollution in northern parts of the country. For VOA News, Wake Simon Wudu reports from Juba. Petroleum Minister Port Kangchol announced the names of three companies who won contract awards for an environmental audit. Kang cautioned the contracted audit companies against doing a sorry job, adding that there will be consequences. I hope you are, you are all getting me. The companies, are they here? I hope they are all getting me. They must be ethical. Because a lot of envelopes will fly. But if we have evidence tomorrow, your name will be here internationally all over the world. We will not hesitate to report you to the world that you have compromised your work. It's something that we will do. And let me hope that you will put the life of the people of South Sudan at the center of your work. He says the audit aims to find out impact cost on the land where the oil production has been taking place, adding that outcomes of the audit shall help to address damages caused by the pollution. I'm not the one that is going to check your work, by the way. Once you submit it to him, I will write a covering letter. Once he submit it to me, to the Ministry of the Environment. People who are not part of this committee, other people, they will go and cross-check it. They will give their approval or rejection of your work. If your work is rejected, it means you have not done a good job. We'll come back here, the same place, and announce to the people of South Sudan that this company was awarded, but according to the Ministry of the Environment, they have not done a good job. I hope you are getting me. These are the steps that need to be followed. Africano Batel is the undersecretary in the Ministry of Environment. He says the lack of independent audit reports has hindered assessment of environmental damages caused by oil companies operating in South Sudan. For us, we are waiting for the report. We know very well that there have been very sorry news that was coming from sorry news that was coming from the oil field regarding the, the environmental pollution, the produced water, expired chemicals and everything. We cannot do anything without the empirical data. So we see with that this audit will provide us with information and we work with the companies to make sure that if there have been some lapses, we better put those lapses and do the right thing. 
Kowi AS Norway Bridge Consult and EnviroCare Company Limited, Saltec Lead to Audit Areas, managed by Dar Petroleum Operating Company, DPOC, Veg Associates K Limited, a Kenyan-based company, shall audit areas under the Greater Petroleum Operating Company, GPOC, and Panloy and SGS Company Limited, shall audit areas under Suit Petroleum Operating Company, SPOC. For VON News, I'm working Simon Wudu in Juba. Still in Juba, there is a public outcry in South Sudan after mobile telecommunication companies increase tariffs for calls and data bundles. The National Communication Authority, which has approved the new charges, says high foreign exchange rates is to blame for the increase. For VOA News, Manyang David Mayer reports from Juba. South Sudan National Communication Authority, or NCA, says Effective this week, mobile telecommunication companies will introduce new charges for mobile phone users in South Sudan. Several mobile phone subscribers in Juba criticized the move to increase charges for airtime. Tuna Suzy, a mobile subscriber with the South African Mobile Telephone Network, or MTN, says the new charges are too high. Actually, it is now difficult for someone to, like, to log in on internet and even to make calls because everything has been increased. I've been using it mostly on internet, but now that they've increased, so it is even possible for other people now to log in because of the changes they've made. It is really difficult for people to use it now. Even from yesterday, people are all complaining on internet and even... Yeah, on internet, radios, all people are complaining about the changes. The country's main mobile network operators, MTN South Sudan and Zane, increased their tariffs by more than double, which gradually reached their peak of 600 South Sudanese pounds per unit, effective from September 15, 2022. Zakra Ding is a vendor dealing in mobile phone airtime sales in Juba. He says the new charges have confused several of his customers. I used uh, to work in this like uh, two years ago, but this thing is affecting us because those of MTN, they always increase, increase all the time. Huh? Daily, daily, they increase also. But we're all confused what we are going to do. We really don't know what we are going to do. Hmm? And now our marketing is going down, down. The South Sudan National Communication Authority says the country's inflation is to be blamed for the new charges. Director General of the South Sudan National Communication Authority, Napoleon Adoggai, says the new charges are a result of the U.S. dollar gaining against the local currency. What happened is that the tariff is set in U.S. dollar. So it is the value of the U.S. dollar tariff that is converted into local currency. And because of the depreciation of the SSP, so that means the value of that thing keeps changing. Our tariff, as it stands, is a 0.040 U.S. dollar cents, okay, per minute. Now, that is the tariffs. It was set way back in 2014 when NCA was founded. Now, we did not change it. So that is the value that you pay in SSP. Haddock says depreciation of the pound against the U.S. dollar affected business at most telecom companies operating in South Sudan. Since 2020, the exchange rate of the value of telecom call was exchanged at the 300 to $1. It is 
now because the inflation has gone on again, because when you see the central bank rate now has reached 600 and something, uh, 630, while the black market has gone to 600 and something, you've seen all the commodity have gone up. So the operators were also agitating that, you know, we are losing business, and you are, you are telling us to increase, to improve the quality, you are telling us to expand coverage across the country, but we are unable to purchase goods because we don't have access. First, either you give us a dollar or you at least improve the exchange rate so that we can gain to buy those things. So these were the things. So now when you compute this exchange rate, of course the, the amount keeps changing according to the value of dollar in the market. So that's what happened. So it's not an increase. Nelson Kwaje, a South Sudanese network technology expert, says the new charges will have huge effect on young South Sudanese and population in rural areas. It's going to affect other areas. The people are using it for education. People's income is not just going to increase overnight. The solution to this is really on fiscal policy. We really need to improve fiscal policy around telecommunication and even find ways of subsidizing some of these services, especially in areas of low income and remote areas outside South Sudan, because telecommunication is very essential. If the telecom companies decide to shut down telecommunication towers, in some remote areas. Probably it will be very hard for people to call for ambulance or to report issues of conflict and stuff like that. A doc says reduced taxes on the telecommunication companies can help resolve the high charges. He says charges for telecommunication call in South Sudan is 16 South Sudanese pounds per minute. For VOA News, I'm a young David Mayor in Juba. <laughs> You are listening to South Sudan in Focus on the Voice of America. Coming up, world leaders gather in New York for UN General Assembly. Stay tuned for that story after the break. What do you think? People speak out on important questions. Question today. When you are upset, would you rather be alone or with others? I'd rather be alone. Because sometimes being with people demands a lot from someone's self. When you stress up, there's no need of being alone because when you are with others, at least they can advise you. When I'm upset, actually, being alone is not a good thing. So at least I have to associate with my colleague and I end up releasing that anger from me. I prefer being alone when I'm upset, yeah, because at least when I'm alone, I regain some some humor that I, when at least I go in public, I can talk with someone now, eh? but when I'm still pissed, I can't talk to anyone. What do you think? A daily discussion of important questions from VOA. South Sudan's Vice President Hussein Abdelbagi will represent the country in this year's UN General Assembly. This year's gathering of leaders at the UN General Assembly is taking place in the shadow of Queen Elizabeth II's funeral and as the war in Ukraine heads into a possible decisive period. VOA's UN correspondent Margaret Bashar has more from New York. 
Queen Elizabeth's funeral on September 19th has presented logistical challenges for leaders attending the 77th session of the United Nations General Assembly. Some speeches and meetings may have to be shuffled as they dash from London to New York. This year's meeting takes place at a time of great peril, UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres says. Our world is blighted by war, battered by climate chaos, scared by hate, and shamed by poverty, hunger, and inequality. Russia's war in Ukraine, which may be at a militarily decisive moment, is certain to dominate the annual meetings. The UN Security Council will meet Thursday at the foreign minister's level to discuss developments. The situation of the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant is of particular concern. Rafael Mariano Grossi is the International Atomic Energy Agency Director General. We are playing with fire. Uh, we cannot continue in a situation when we are one step away from a nuclear accident. The safety of the Saporizia nuclear power, power plant is hanging by a thread. Western officials, meanwhile, want to firm up support from some countries that may be wavering as the war grinds on. Richard Gowan is the UN director for the International Crisis Group. Many African and Asian countries have security relationships with Russia or economic relationships with Russia. And while they were willing to criticize the invasion back in March, they don't want to keep on picking fights with Moscow at the UN. But with Russian President Vladimir Putin not attending the annual gathering, he rarely does, and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky's participation uncertain, no breakthrough is expected. Margaret Bashir, VOA News, the United Nations. Kenya's President William Ruto has appointed Uhuru Kenyatta as the country's peace envoy to the Democratic Republic of Congo and Ethiopia. For VOA News, Muhammad Yusuf reports from Nairobi. Former Kenyan President Uhuru Kenyatta will continue to spearhead the peace process between rebels in the Democratic of Congo and Ethiopia and those countries' respective governments. His successor, William Ruto, appointed him to lead the peace process in the two countries. Ruto said Kenyatta accepted the task and will be working on behalf of Kenya. Kenneth Ombongi is a senior lecturer at the University of Nairobi. He says continuity is vital in finding a peaceful solution to a conflict. He comes into it uh, with uh, some level of continuity. Uh, which is important for dealing with the delicate issues that touch on peace, uh, reconciliation, and also post-conflict uh, uh, development. That, that is that's extremely important because uh, it, it comes with a very clear uh, memory of uh, what has been going on and what the developments have been. In April, Kenyatta hosted DRC President Felix Shisekedi and some rebel groups operating in the east of the country for peace talks. East African community leaders subsequently agreed to deploy regional troops to the eastern DRC in a bid to restore normalcy in the region. In November last year, Kenyatta visited Ethiopia to work on peace efforts and bring together the government and rebel group Tigray People's Liberation Front in the country's north. Professor Chacha Nyaigoti Chacha is an expert in diplomacy and international relations. 
He says Kenya stands to benefit from the peace effort it is undertaking in the region. This is a, a national uh, and a international and regional assignment. And it is important that that assignment is undertaken because when these countries which are neighboring Kenya in the region, in the East African community region, as well as the Horn, when they are peaceful, then Kenya is also peaceful. And Kenya can, for example, uh, derive a lot of gains, especially as far as trade and the communication transport is concerned. Ombongi says Kenyatta will likely to get a cool reception from countries that didn't like his foreign policy when he was president, especially Ethiopia. The relationship between Addis Ababa and Nairobi has been uh, what we describe in uh, archaic language, ish-ish. Uh, so he will face certain challenges. But of course, uh, there is a possibility that um, his status as a senior statesman uh, can uh, uh, very easily uh, actually work to his advantage. Calls for peace in the DRC and Ethiopia have grown, but the wearing factions have yet to agree on the issues to be discussed or who will chair the peace process. Chacha says Kenyatta will deal with rigid warring sides that are not afraid to walk out of the peace process and continue with the armed conflict. I think the, the, the challenges which... Uh, uh, he will face are going to be challenges of the groupings in these countries that uh, they are antagonistic groupings, some of which are very belligerent. They usually agree to talk, but sometimes they don't fulfill their commitment to ensuring that uh, they can return to the peaceful coexistence. In their the U.S. government and the European Union have welcomed the appointment of Kenyatta and say they are ready to support the effort to bring lasting peace to the two countries. Mohamed Yusuf for VA News, Nairobi. We love to hear your remarks on issues in this broadcast. We start with Wani Chibak, who writes... We South Sudanese people were shocked yesterday by the statement made by the spokesperson of the South Sudan People's Defense Force. We want our forces to be graduated in all training sites in the entire country to protect security of the country. I urge those in training camps to be patient until they pick the date for your graduation. Daniel Dude Dakbai from Lake State writes, Hello VOA, at least... There's little hope in the implementation of the revitalized peace agreement. Dr. Ryok Machar, who has been putting deaf ears on issues dragging in South Sudan, is back on Tuesday and Wednesday. I heard him. I heard his voice talking over issues that will make South Sudan a better nation. This is what we need as citizens because national duties are very vast and efforts to work together will narrow all the gaps. Dude Majok from Lake State says, Hello, VOA. The decision of the first vice president, Dr. Riyad Machar, to increase oil production will not help the country if corruption is still very high in South Sudan. Only few individuals will benefit from the oil money. Maborla Trung in Rumbek, Lake State writes, Hello VOA, the disappearance of Silicon Valley shares system on Friday, the 9th of September 2022, created panic to South Sudanese investors who invested huge amount of US dollars in the company. Even did the shares 
have disappeared totally, then the government should be blamed for licensing the company to do business in South Sudan. Our citizens must also watch first before investing money in any business. Peter Goch Anyang Majongdul in Block 3 of Bortown writes, Hello, VOA. As President Ruto was sworn in, I asked him to work for the unity of all Kenyans, regardless of their political parties, especially the Azimio part of Muse Raila Odinga for the betterment of the country. James Ladu from Yei County writes, The roads within Yei Town are very bad, yet the government is collecting taxes every day. Baiga Stephen Wani from Yei River County writes, Hello, Nabil and John. The sacking of Minister of Finance and Planning will not bring changes to the economic crisis in the country simply because the rotation of individuals from the Central Bank to the Ministry of Finance and from the Ministry of Finance to the Central Bank. How I wish the President brings in new personalities into the positions. Jacob Bior Machueng in Juba writes, the increment of tariffs from both MTN and Zane is a slap in the face of citizens of this country, especially students who rely on internet bundles. The yearly increment are just punishable ways of denying us affordable communication. We thought the government of South Sudan will rebuke those changes. Mal Adaw Mal in Bortown writes, Hi John and Nabil, there's nothing good that will come out of the petroleum production if we can't make our own refineries. I think South Sudan's membership in OPEC was too early because it can't compete in any way with the countries of OPEC. James Roy Majok from Unity State writes, I'm appealing to South Sudan government and SPLA-IO, including Kitguang leaders Simon Gatwin, which Dual and Johnson Olling to have a lasting peace and harmony in Greater Upper Nile. Thomas Kuntoch from Old Pangak, Jongle State writes, Hello VOA. IDPs returning to their respective homes need South Sudan government to be involved in the exercise because people did not trust their government when they fled their homes to POCs in 2013 for their safety. Let us forgive because forgiveness is better than revenge. Bol Yachkwany from Sherikat Juba writes Hello, I convey my heartfelt condolences to England's monarch on the passing of Queen Elizabeth II. May God rest her soul in peace. James Mading Gol in Juba writes The scenarios happening in Upper Nile State needs the attention of the national government. Richard Soma Sebit from Haisora in Juba writes I was in a bad mood this morning when I heard the sad news that Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth Elizabeth II has gone to be with the Lord. May her soul rest in peace. James Gatwich Makui in Juba POC3 writes, The inauguration of Dr. John Garang Memorial University of Science and Technology is much appreciated and I am humbly asking the President of the Republic of South Sudan to put more efforts on establishing more universities across the 10 states. Views expressed in this segment does not represent the views of VOA or this program. Keep your comments brief and we shall sample some of them every Friday. Our WhatsApp number is plus one two zero two six three zero eight zero one one. 
Keep your comments coming. That's all we prepared for you this Friday. Don't forget to check out voaafrica.com for all your favorite programs and news updates. For world news, go to voanews.com. If you missed this program, go to voanews.com forward slash South Sudan. We'll now leave you with Emmanuel Kembe and the song Celebrate. Listening to Emmanuel Kembe and the song Celebrate. I'm your host, John Tanzan Washington. Thanks for allowing us into your homes, phones, and vehicles. Remember to join us next week for another edition of South Sudan in Focus from the Voice of America.